Well, good morning. I'm Robin Hale, and um, if you came to learn about promoting nursing excellence in India, you're in the right place. If if that wasn't what you were looking for, you might as well stay because it's going to be a great presentation. So go ahead and stay. So um, it's a real pleasure uh, to be back here again and speaking at the conference, and I've gotten to do it a few times before. Come on in, ladies. Come on in. And so it's just uh, really exciting uh, to get to do this, and um, I am kind of on my journey, my academic journey, and you might have seen that I just had an MSN in the program, but I've actually, if you're not familiar what a PhDC is, it's a, I'm a candidate for the PhD program. So uh, very excited about how God has led me to this place, and going to talk to you a little bit um, today about um, nurses with advanced degrees and how you can be so influential in developing nursing leaders, especially in developing countries such as India. So let me just open up with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Jesus, we just thank you so much for your presence here with us today, and I thank you for everyone that you've brought here today um, to hear the words that you would have them to hear. I ask that you would open hearts and minds to hear what you um, want them to hear, and that uh, they would be obedient and to your call on their lives, whether it be in missions domestically, internationally, or however it may be. Father, we thank you that this call is upon each of our lives, and we just ask that you would be with us and speak to us and uh, just give us a great time together this morning as we look at the amazing things that you're doing in India. And we just thank you that you allow us to partner with you in this work. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Well, as I said, my name is uh, Robin Hale, and uh, we're looking at promoting excellence and uh, nursing excellence in India. So some objectives for uh, this morning. We're going to be looking at the status of nursing in India. And has anyone ever been to India before? Oh, great. And uh, was that on a short-term mission trip or those who, or was that long-term? A few weeks? Where were you at? Bhopal in the north. Okay, okay, very good. And ma'am, where were? I've lived in Pakistan oh. for 11 years and traveled to India for the longest place. Okay, great, great. So a little familiarity with India, but maybe you're not sure what is the case or what uh, the status of nursing is in India. So I thought I'd share a little bit about that with you. And then also, what are some of the opportunities? for nurses to work in India. And I'm going to be talking from my perspective and what I have actually been doing um, over the last almost 15 years in India. And then also uh, just looking at using nursing research and scholarship uh, to promote nursing excellence through short-term mission trips. And that has really been where I feel God has called me right now. Uh, I have previously been on um, the mission field and for about five years, and now I feel like God has placed me in the States, and short-term missions uh, trips are what I'm really excited about right now. So let me just tell you a little more uh, about the status of nursing in India. It began with a low caste. If you're not familiar with India, they do still have the caste system. However, Mahatma Gandhi did seek to... Um, abolish that. However, it's so embedded in the culture that still today um, there really is that caste system that prevails in the society. But it was the low caste that actually started out um, in nursing. And then it actually moved on to be provided by the Christians, and especially in South India. And a significant uh, response by those Christians in the state of Kerala. And so a lot of, if any of you have worked with any Indian nurses from the U.S., I mean from India, a lot of times the chances are they're from Kerala, and that's kind of their background and it, their values that they were brought, their Christian values that um, brought them into nursing. And just a little history fact for you, modern nursing was began uh, due to Florence Nightingale. I'm sure you all heard of Flo. She got around, and during the Crimean War, uh, she was um, very influential in bringing that modern um, nursing to India. And they still, today, at all the nursing capping and graduations, they actually um, recognize Florence Nightingale. A lot of times they will have a portrait of her that, with the lighting of the lamp, and they actually do um, the Nightingale Pledge with their arms stretched out. And I've led it before, and it's really interesting. <laughs> 
so and trying to read the words. And I'm not sure that I totally agree with everything she was saying back then, but most of it I do. So because um, nursing has evolved, obviously, since the time of our friend Flo. So. so what does nursing look like? In India, and again, if you've had experiences in India and we're in a different setting than what I had been in, I was primarily have been in the rural, remote areas, but I also have been in some hospitals in the urban area. So I am speaking from this perspective. And what I found is that the nurse relationship with physicians in India is usually authoritarian in nature. That's a big word. And uh, nurses are often seen seen as subordinates and have a limited role in patient care. It's pretty much the nurse goes in, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. And uh, it's um, thought to be very derogatory if they should challenge a physician, even if the physician is doing the wrong thing for the patient. And I saw this on multiple occasions in my practice as a nursing administrator in India. And it's because with the culture being one very hierarchical and the nurse for her, if she was to question, the physician would be to challenge his authority and would be seen, that nurse would be seen as a troublemaker and not so much as a person that is trying to contribute to the um, care of the patient, but yet just a insubordinate. And so it's very difficult for nurses even still today to have a voice in quality patient care. And the doctors that when you look at medical education in India, they're not typically um, academically prepared to work with um, and collaborate with other fields. And you might be saying, well, I'm not so sure it's, you know, in the U.S. that they are either. <laughs> but, um, so I've had a few physicians and I wondered, did you learn to collaborate? I know some of you have been there, um, probably various areas that you've worked in. And so my clinical expertise is in labor and delivery. So we have... Um, a very close connection and have to collaborate um, with physicians. So, um, but there, I believe that there are institutions in the U.S. that are finding that it's very um, important for collaboration. We're going to talk about the whole concept of nurse-physician collaboration here in just a moment. Uh, nursing traditions have been focused and have emphasized obedience, as I said. And nursing care is primarily task-oriented using a functional method. Now, what do I mean by that when I say a functional method? Well, for example, when I had gone to a hospital into the intensive care unit and I was asked to look at their systems and to see how they could improve the quality of nursing care, when I saw that the morning rounds began with the physicians going around the room, seeing the patients, but the nurses were all over counting the linens, counting the drugs, counting the buckets that were needed for cleaning, counting the faucets to make sure they were still attached to the sinks. Now, wait a second. What's that about? And I said, you know, why are the nurses doing that? And they should be with the physicians, and you guys should be collaborating together. And No, no, but we've got to do these things. This is how we do it here. And so it's pretty much they are kind of given a set um, guide of what they do with each patient, but they don't kind of really think outside of the box to, for the care of the patient. And so what does nursing in India today look like? There's the Indian Nurses Council, which you could kind of think of that like the American Nurses Association. And when nurses pass out from their training, they typically go through the Indian Nurses Council to get their um, registration. Then they have to be registered state by state. Whichever state that they're working in, they have to go and register there. And unfortunately, um, still today, um, they will not allow me to register my license in India. Even though I almost have a PhD, <laughs> I still can't register my license in India. And um, uh, the way that they look at it actually is that because I had a, uh, initially a bachelor's in nursing, and because we do not train as midwives in the U.S., but yet their three-year three nursing degree does train as midwives, and they have a significant amount more hours of clinical time doing deliveries, um, it doesn't compare to our bachelors of science. So I was told that I could go through a six-month course 
that would be with people, nurses in India that had, or, or youngsters, maybe, or young people, probably the ages of 20 or 18 to 20, and do a six-month course. And that was at the time that I was doing my master's degree and about finished, and I was teaching OB clinicals and was on faculty at IU, Indiana University, and I just... Maybe it was a little bit of pride, but some of it was, I I just don't have the time to do that, and there's so much more that I want to do in India, and just really felt like that wasn't the best use of my time. So um, anyway, God still um, worked out ways for me to be um, used in India. Now, there's very much a shortage of nurses in India, especially in mission hospitals, because a lot of nurses don't want to go to the mission hospitals. Why? because they don't get paid very much. Uh, my uh, best friend in India, she makes about $200 a month. And she has had her children in boarding school since the time that they were four and five. And they're now um, both in uh, university. So there's a great cost to living in the rural mission setting, and uh, especially for your children's education, because a lot of times there, there isn't a really good opportunity for education. And so a lot of times the families will send their children away to go to boarding schools. And so this is they really count the cost um, to do mission work in India and to go to these mission hospitals. So it's not just about the pay, but it's also about schooling for your children. Um, also about nursing in India, uh, a poor image of nursing still remains, but has improved, uh, especially as I lived in India and saw and I've seen over time that nursing, uh, the image has improved. And let me just tell you, why do I say that? Um, why is there such a poor image? Let me tell you about the first time I was in India and back in 1996, and I was on a train and um, traveling by myself going um, to go visit some friends, and there were some individuals in the little um, cabin with me, and they're like, oh, well, where are you from? And I said, you know, I'm from the U.S. And, oh, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a nurse. And there was a shock of horror. And they're like, a nurse? You, you couldn't get into medical school? What, what, do they not have enough medical schools there that you couldn't get in? And I'm like, well, I didn't want to go to medical school. You didn't want to be a doctor? No, I didn't want to be a doctor. I wanted to be a nurse. Really? Okay. Well, and that ended the conversation. If you know anything about Indians, they are so social. And I just totally turned them off. I thought I was like the scarlet letter. I was a nurse. And I thought, well, how strange is that? Because when I had, way back then, when I had been in the U.S. practicing, you know, you know people, nurses, in the room. You know if somebody knows you're a nurse, well, I've got this aunt. And do you think, what about this? And, well, could you tell me, do you think this would be a good treatment for this? Or... And people are always excited to hear, oh, you're a nurse, that's great. You know, So there was, there's such a, a positive environment here in the U.S. towards um, nurses. But, and then in India, I was just kind of, whoa. So if I'm getting that as a foreigner, what do the Indian nurses get? Well, I would see it. And I would be with friends, Indian nurse friends. And then I'd hear that question, you know, and, well, what do you do? What is your profession? And they'd say, I'm a nurse, you know, with heads bowed. And I'm like, don't say that. You've got to be proud of your profession. And we've got to stand up and say that nursing is a very valuable part in uh, the delivery of patient care. And you are just as important as a physician. And so this is, um, it's still, again, I did see it somewhat improving, especially in the hospitals that I was working with. However, in 2009, in a a nursing spectrum, which is a a nursing magazine uh, that is, I believe, it is peer-reviewed and it is out of the U.K., there was actually an article that was written by a journalist that interviewed a nurse who was working in New Delhi, so in an urban setting in the capital city, at a rather large institution. And she described how she felt nursing was viewed by society in India today. And it was very negative. She said the patients will always go to the physician. And the physician still will say, oh, you don't want your nurse to start that IV. I'll start it for you because I'm better. 
And so there's this was just this was 2009 that I saw this and it, um, and I was like, well, you know. So I think in some places there's some great Christian um, institutions in India that are really doing really well and um, helping to bring about that change and empowerment of nurses and giving a voice to nurses. But still, there's this um, poor image. So and that, as I first went to India, that's like in my mind, wow. This is what this is all about. Wow. And let me just tell you a little bit, um, again, just to reinforce about um, nursing. There was a study, and I apologize, 1985. I know that's really old. Um, but, and it was an article written on the status of nurses in India. There's so, it is very difficult to find anything written about nursing in India. Very, very difficult. And actually, I just had a friend that went to India and was able to go to the National Organization, Trained Nurses Association of India, to get me some books um, from their um, office, that, a, a book that was written just two years ago about the status of nursing in India. Because, and they had just re-released this because the last one, was about 50 years, no, it was more than 50 years, because I think it was, it was 47, was the last time anything was written about nursing in India. So, and hello, I'm doing a dissertation about Indian nurses, so I kind of need some stuff. And so, but anyway, this study that I found, and it just... Um, reaffirming the fact that I had mentioned that nursing did start out with a lower socioeconomic status individuals. In addition, they were predominantly um, Christian and urban-based. And uh, that this author said nurses motivated to take up profession for financial reasons, which was very true. I saw that a lot of times that uh, in the schools that I worked with when I was in India, a lot of times the nurses would um, or the students would come uh, to nursing school, their parents probably sold their prize cow or whatever they might have had to send them to school. And once they finished, it was expected they would come and that they would provide for their families. And um, so, what it is seen as a way to uh, for financial gain because it's very difficult for um, a lot of individuals in India with job situations. And another predominant motive to render humanitarian service. I think she kind of meant that they had Christian values, but she didn't want to say that. So um, because of those Christian values, that's why they went for it. And that's kind of my footnote. I didn't ask her myself. But. And so um, let's go on and look at opportunities to work with nurses in India. I'm kind of weaving in this a little bit as I was speaking. But um, I've actually um, had almost 15 years uh, as of um, January uh, of mission service with nurses in India. In five of those years, I actually uh, worked full-time in India. Um, the first year I was there, I was with uh, the Mission Youth for Christ, and then uh, and then from 99 to 03, while I was there, I worked with a mission, InterServe. And uh, wonderful experiences with both, both missions. And also had stayed on as an associate partner with InterServe for some time. And then I got married. And so, <laughs> yay! And so, but, um, so I'm still doing missions, but... Um, um, with the support of InterServe, but not as a partner of InterServe. And... Uh, when I was in that position uh, in 1999 um, to 03, I was the nursing administrator of Emanuel Hospital Association. And they do have a, a booth here. And if you'd like to go visit it, um, Dr. Howard Searle, who is the director here in the U.S., he's a wonderful individual, and his wife, I believe, is here too. Um, he served in India and helped to actually start the organization in India, uh, Emanuel Hospital Association. And so it was my great privilege uh, to be able to have the opportunity to work with this um, organization. And I actually, um, because I mentioned to you I could not uh, serve as um, – as an actual bedside nurse because India would not allow me to register my license, and I have a strong belief you shouldn't practice if you're not registered. I went to the Indian Nurses Council and talked with and also um, at another institution somebody who was on the uh, INC board, and I said, what can I do? In India, and I, obviously I can't work at the bedside, so what can I do? She's like, well, I guess it's administration or education. Okay, I can teach them how to do it, but I can't. Okay, well, that's even better. So, you know, when you saw that first picture of me, in the midst of all those little beautiful people, Indian children, 
that's what I thought God had called me to do when I first went to India, that it was going to be in the community health setting and I was going to transform healthcare in India and I was going to make all these little wonderful children healthy and I had all these big, wonderful, fantastic dreams. And then God said, you want to be a nursing administrator? I said, uh-uh, no, no, not, not interested, not at all. And I'm just being honest. So, um, but fortunately, God in his grace and mercy and put some very wonderful people in my life that helped me to see the light, <laughs> that maybe God was steering me in a different direction. And I have to tell you that what I'm doing today is nowhere anywhere close to what I thought that God had for me in missions. And it's a little different from what we hear about missions in India and or even in other developing countries because a lot of times, you know, I'll hear about nurses going to live in the bush and get to do this and they get to go on these uh, trips out in the jeeps and do all this rugged stuff. And I do like my makeup and I do like showers and I do, but I've lived rough before. I'm like, I could do that. But that's just not what God called me to do. And so I really had to have a change of heart and really surrender to God what he wanted me to do. And I still look back and I think, wow, almost 15 years ago, what I thought God wanted me to do was be out in the village and look at me now. I'm doing a PhD. Hello. This is a little bit. God has a sense of humor. Just ask my parents. They knew me when I was a young kid. Let me tell you a little bit about um, Emmanuel Hospital Association. And actually, Dr. Howard Searle is right in the back. Would you say wave? There he is. And uh, he is actually, as I mentioned, the director here uh, for EHA in the U.S. And so just to give you a little idea, um, the organization was formed in 1969. Now, I believe, is it 21 mission hospitals or is it 20? 20. 20, okay. Um, I believe it was 21. I can't remember when I was there. But And then there's probably more than 27 community health projects by now. But my responsibility as nursing administrator was 500 nurses and 250 nursing students and four nursing schools. So it's kind of a big job. Can you see why I said, uh-uh? So, but, you know, God has a way of putting us in places where we know that we cannot do the task so that we know the only way that we can do it is with his help. And I have to attest to that. There's no way I could have done what I did in India um, was, was only because of him. And also I had a really great boss, too. <laughs> so what was my focus? What was that focus that I had in India? And that was really what I was seeing. I kind of started out showing you the kind of history and the status of nursing in India. And just that poor image. And can... Can you just imagine the nurses there? Do you think that they feel valued or empowered? No. And that's what I saw. And it's not so much that, especially in these Christian mission hospitals, that people sought out the physicians to, you know, devalue them or disempower them, but there was this whole cultural gamut that was going on. And so my idea, or where I really felt like God was leading me, was to help to uh, focus on um, developing them as leaders and promoting excellence in their practice. And so there were a few things that uh, we did, and I've just mentioned a few, um, but we actually initiated a senior nurse leader committee. There had not been before out of in the organization where the nurses really got that opportunity on a regular basis to come together and the nursing superintendents and principals of the nursing school to kind of give their vision of the organization and what they wanted to see happen. In, in their institutions. And I have to tell you, my best friend, Manjula, who actually got to be here last year at the conference, and uh, <clears throat> when we had our first meeting, and I said, I was really kind of, sh- I, I was really scared to tell you the truth, because I was like, okay, I got to do this right. You know, uh, I, I, you know, here I am, this foreigner, but okay, I want to be friends, and I want to figure this out. What do they want? What do you-? And I was so excited, but I was nervous. And so then I sat down, and I said, well, what do you all want? What do you want to do? And they looked at me like, And they said nothing. They said nothing. And I'm like, oh, no, I did something bad. I did something bad. I'm like, oh, well, maybe we could do this. Well, what have you thought about this? Or what are you doing? What are you doing that works well? How do you want to build on that? What do you need to do what you want to do and see um, your hospital, your nurses grow and to be better in their practice? 
again, silence. I was like, oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, many years later, um, my dear friend Munchla told me, she's like, you know, you scared the bejeebies out of us. She didn't use, of course, that's my word. That's not a really an Indian word. But she's like, we didn't know what to do. We'd never been asked like that before. Nobody had ever asked us in a group like that just to give our ideas. And what did we want to do? It was like, oh, my goodness, she's up to something. What is she doing? It's a trick. What is she doing? And so it was very interesting to hear her perspective. And But fortunately, God really worked in the relationships. And I'll tell you what, how I was able to build those relationships with the nurses. Because even though I was based in New Delhi, in our central office, I usually only stayed there about a week about, out of the month. And then I would travel two to three weeks out of the month. And I would go to different hospitals all over North India. And I learned to cook some of the best curry you ever had. And, but that's where I found the nurses related to me. And that's where we had some of the most significant conversations, was getting to know each other and how to make a good curry. So, um, but it was meeting them on their level, meeting them where they were at. And so just a little side note about that. Some other things that we did is develop um, standardized job descriptions across the organization because that really had not been done before. And then also standards of care, specifically nursing care, and what we expected nurses to do in each of the hospitals. And we initiated annual nurse leadership workshops, which was just just a fabulous time. That was really, really, really fun. Really enjoyed that. And uh, we were actually, um, I was able to secure a grant that we were able to send from 2000 to 2003 while I was there, um, 15 nurses for higher studies. And see, many of the nurses that work in the rural setting, a lot of times will have that uh, three-year degree. It's the general nurse midwife. And a lot of them really would love to do a bachelor's degree, but it costs a lot more money. And, it, and it's more time. And so the way that the Indian Nurses Council has it set up is that if you have worked as a general nurse midwife for at least five years, you can go back and do your bachelor's degree, and it's a two-year degree. And so we were able to do that. And there's a wonderful hospital in South India, um, Christian Medical College, um, Valor, which many of our nurses, that's where they ended up going. And it cost us about $1,200 a year. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know some of you have a little more debt than that. <laughs> so, so, I, so with the grant we had, it went a long way. And so, but this is what the nurses wanted, and this is what they wanted to feel valued, that their educational level was um, valued, and that um, somebody wanted to help them improve, and so we did that. We also, um, it was really exciting, um, I can't remember what year it was now, I believe it was 2004, uh, we, I was able to take to uh, South Korea the first two nurses to ever go um, from the organization to a national conference. They had never been outside of India, and we presented about our work in India, and it was um, that National Christian Fellowship International Conference. And so it was a wonderful opportunity for them also to meet nurses from around the world that also worked in developing countries. And like, oh, wow, it's like that in your country? Ooh, we got that same problem. And it's like taking them out of their little realm of understanding to helping them understand the bigger world picture. And it was just so exciting. And then I was always actively seeking ways to empower the nurses, as I said, and help them to know they were valued um, part of the healthcare team. And one of my favorite things was to work um, and build collaboration between nurses and physicians. That's just, I'm a real people person, love to um, be with people, very relational. And so when I have been with physicians and to see the nurses and the tension sometime and that kind of cultural issues that were going on, it's like, wow, if we could um, help improve that, wouldn't that really help nursing practice? Wouldn't that really empower them? And so that's what I, I focused a lot on. And so now um, we're going to talk a little bit about nursing research and scholarship and short-term missions. And I actually just say, so you're kind of like, okay, now wait a minute. You were in India? Then what did you do? I don't get it. Well, I actually um, came back in 2003 uh, to do a master's degree. I had come to the point where I thought that and really felt that God was saying, you just don't have enough education to kind of do where this position is going. And you really need to go back and get um, a master's degree. And I'm like, 
uh-uh, I didn't want to do that, and I don't want to go back to school. I loved my bachelor's degree, especially at Indiana Wesleyan, and I have some great, wonderful memories, and I didn't want to go back to school. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, and I love what I'm doing here. Why would you do that? Why would I have to go do that? I said, I just really don't want I loved India, loved what I was doing. And then just a series of events happened, and then people speaking into my life, and God really helping me to see his will that it was to come back to um, the States. And so I thought, well, that's okay, because I'm going to go back to India anyway once I finished. Well, that's not what God had in mind either. So, And it was actually at the conference that I was at in South Korea where I really felt God spoke to me and said, I want you to go on and do your Ph.D. once you're finished. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) Seriously. Really. This is just, you know, and um, where, and God was really working with my heart, helping me to see where he might be leading me in the future. And I have to say that unless I've been put in all these different circumstances, I probably would not be where I am today. So, you know, it's a good thing God doesn't show us the whole big picture right up front because, whew, that'd be scary. And so, but I really felt this was God's leading. And so, and that's what I've been involved in for the last, actually, seven years since I came back from India. Um, During my master's degree, I made it to India anywhere from two to four times a year. And uh, since I got married, I've only been once. So, um, but my, I've only been able to get away once. So, and uh, but um, I'm hoping that my husband will go with me, and we're seeking God what He would have for us in the future too, for long-term missions. But um, for right now, I believe this is what God has called me to do. So, as part of uh, my doctorate, um, and as I'm looking at. Um, developing nurses. I'm like, how do I continue to go and do the work that God would have me to do in India? And uh, my minor is in medical anthropology. And so I thought, hmm, what about doing a study in India? How great would that be? And so I talked with my best friend, who is a nursing director at the largest um, hospital um, for Emmanuel Hospital Association. I said, do you want to do a study together? And we could get published. And this would be great for you and then also for the organization and that what nurses are doing in India. And she's like, absolutely. And I also talked with the organization, the director in India, and they were very excited about it. And so I'm like, oh, this is exciting. So I I actually did conduct um, one of my uh, doctoral studies in India uh, for my for my minor. But as I was there, you think, well, how is that really missions if you're just doing a study? Well, of course, I took every opportunity uh, while I was there. And so I would talk, I would do um, lectures on um, nurse-physician collaboration and the importance of that in uh, patient safety. And that's kind of some of the new initiatives that have come out with many of you have heard about Magnet. Have many of you heard about, hopefully you've heard about Magnet, and the significance of that in the research being that when nurses are empowered, when they have autonomy and control over their practice, that there is very good outcomes. They've financial outcomes, patient outcomes, it's all over the literature in these magnet facilities. And so I would talk a lot about these distinctives of magnet and how uh, people are doing this in the U.S. And then how could you do that in your institution? How do you think this would work in India where you're at? And what was so exciting that so the physicians at the two hospitals where I did my study, um, they were very excited about it. And they're like, yeah, that is really... That That is really something that we would like to do. And I have seen the success of implementing um, a contextualized version of the magnet model, and I haven't actually put it on one of my slides, but I'll just mention it. And that was when I was at um, a Christian medical college in Ludhiana. It's in the state of Punjab. And they, I had been asked by the medical director, just kind of a connection that I'd had. Um, he said I had done a presentation. Uh, I got invited to... Um, the Indian uh, Medical Association uh, National Conference, actually, to come and speak. And I talked about Magnet and the concepts that um, being implemented in the U.S. and all the research being done on it. And he's like, we would love for you to come to our hospital. Could you come talk to us about that? So I said, sure, I'd love to do that. And so I had made another trip, went back and um, gave some presentation, went to Grand Rounds, talked to them, talked with the nurses, and they all seemed, wow, this is really interesting. This is really great. And uh, we really would like to do this was the consensus. Well, there was this um, very kind of gruff and rough 
uh, Indian man. I knew he was a um, neurosurgeon. That just kind of scary to me. <laughs> They're kind of their own breed, I think, too. So, but uh, no, I'm just, I'm just teasing. Um, so he came up to me and said, "Sister Robin, I want to do this magnet thing." <laughs> okay. Uh, and I had already heard about him, Dr. Devon. I'd heard about him. And I knew that when he walked, it was like the room would shake. And the nurses would scatter. And they never wanted to be around because God helped them if he asked them, asked them a question because they knew they would be dead. And I was told that his area was the area where nurses had to go when they were being punished. And I'm like, oh. Okay, so can you imagine? I'm like, okay, Dr. Devon, yes, you will. Well, I think that we should maybe have a little meeting. Okay, well, why don't you come to my office? Okay, I'd be happy to do that. So I went to his office. And um, he actually is a Hindu phys- a physician and a heavy smoker. Had the window open, and I'm like, <laughs> dying in the room because we haven't had smoking in room, closed rooms like that in the U.S. for quite some time. And Okay, I can do this. I can do this. So, Dr. Devon, tell me what you understand about magnet. (laughs) And so he actually was able to articulate what I had said. I thought, well, that's pretty good. And I said, so what do you think you need to do in your area to bring about the changes that I was talking about? Well, you know, the nurses are just scared of me. (laughs) Well, quite frankly, I was scared of you, too. (laughs) And he said, really? I said, yes. I said, you're just mean. Just bottom line. And he looked at me and he said, you think so? I said, yes, I do. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I was so scared. I thought, oh, my goodness. I'm probably, like, breaking every cultural barrier, everything that I'm like, I'm going to be in so much trouble. He's going to throw me out of this room. And then I, he said, you know, the nurses, I try to help them. I have these in services. And then they don't come. I said, well, when did you do them? Totally unaccessible for most of the nurses to be able to go. He'd give them like two minutes warning and they were supposed to be there. When they're in the middle of all their nursing duties, there might be a real problem there. And so I kind of, he started talking about some of the issues he had and I said, you know what, have you ever thought about when you walk into your area and just saying, good morning? Because I understand you're not quite that pleasant when you come in in the morning. Hmm, no, no, I hadn't thought about that. And I said, well, Maybe you should think about that. And I said, what about helping, engaging the nurses in the care of the patient and making a commitment not to shout at them if they're wrong? (laughs) I know that's a biggie, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know what? The nurses really want to know that you value them. And when you're shouting and yelling at them and really essentially embarrassing them in front of the patient and the family members, you know that really devalues them. And so we kind of talked, got some ideas and everything, and um, said, well, maybe why don't you start out this, kind of doing it this way, you know. And you have to figure out what works for you and for your area. So I was there, because I was at the hospital for about a week. Two days later, I was walking down the hallway near the nursing superintendent office, and Sister Victoria grabbed my arm. Get in here. Yes, Sister Victoria, what's the matter? She took me in her office. I don't know what you said to Dr. Devon, but something's going on. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Um, you know what? He walked in yesterday, and he said, good morning to everybody. <laughs> I said, he did. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. And then he had actually gathered up all the nurses and started asking them how they felt the patients were doing. And would they have any suggestions in the patient care for that day? What did you do? What did you do? What did you say to him? Guess that's between him and me. And so it works. I saw one of the roughest and toughest physicians I think I've ever met in my entire life change. And this was a non-Christian person too. But however, I believe back behind everything that I was saying was the love of Jesus Christ. And it was... That is exactly what Jesus would have us to do for others, is to value and empower and to appreciate them. And so that's exactly what I taught him that day. And so I've seen it works. And so um, so you can see, I, it, as I was doing my study, I always had something to do. I was always talking with people and doing stuff. So um, And just helping him 
Um, also to see the importance of that collaboration with his uh, nurses to ensure that patient safety. And it was really exciting that at least, with, I think it was probably at least a year after I had visited, and I had the opportunity to talk to him, again, that physician. He said, Robin, you were right. You know, nurses are begging me to come work in my ward now. That is God working in somebody's heart. And that's exciting. And um, so um, just to think how God can really change the hardest of hearts. So um, let me talk a little bit about um, nurse-physician collaboration and what do we know about it. And um, pretty much uh, it's been in the literature quite a bit. Uh, the Institute of Medicine, uh, JCO, they've been discussing it. And that um, when there's poor collaboration, did you know that it's um, been uh, related to the number one cause of medical errors and sentinel events in the inpatient setting? Uh, so there's a big reason, obviously, to have some good nurse-physician collaboration um, to ensure patient safety. And then also, but what you find in there is that most studies have been done in the West, Western countries, and they've shown that nurses have a more positive attitude towards collaboration as compared to physicians. And some of that can be from the fact that we come from different models of education, whereas we're kind of to care, the physician to cure. And sometimes physicians, and Dr. Howard, I just love you. Um, just, I just want to preface that before I say this. Um, uh, when physicians maybe give an order to the nurse, they might feel like they've collaborated. We don't always, as a nurse, really feel like that's collaborating. <laughs> Am I right? Okay, you can nod. He's not looking. Okay. Um, so it's important. Um, uh, this whole uh, to look at. Um, there are reasons that there can be some differences, but. Typically, nurses have always placed a higher emphasis on collaboration than physicians. And not to say that there's some that are more collaborative than not, or, and I'm not going there. So, But my study that I did in India was to determine the attitudes and perceptions of collaboration among Indian nurses and Indian physicians trained and practicing in India. And I'm going to quickly go through this. Um, attitudes uh, towards nurse-physician collaboration. What I did, um, it was measured using the Jefferson Scale of Attitudes Toward Physician-Nurse Collaboration. And this was a tool that uh, I wrote. I had, had seen it used throughout the literature, multiple studies, some in other cultures outside of the U.S. So I wrote the author of it. And I said, hey, I want to do this study. Can I use your tool? He said, yeah, just let me know how it turns out. Now, let me tell you, that's not typical. I just had a friend who defended her dissertation, and she used three different tools for her dissertation study, and she's paid $10,000. So another good reason why to use this tool, <laughs> but it was well documented in the literature. Um, and there were only 15 items, 15 questions on it, and they were measured on a Likert scale from four strongly agree and one strongly disagree. And the tool had been established with content validity and reliability with a Chromevax alpha of uh, 8, 0.85 in previous studies. So I knew it was a reliable tool, and it was um, able um, to be available in Hindi and in English. Um, that was Hindi is the predominant language aside from English in the north, and I knew that a lot of the nurses maybe might feel more comfortable in doing it in Hindi, so I actually had it translated in India and then had it cross-looked um, at by people in the organization just to make sure that the verbiage was understandable. So I had 75 um, nurses and 16 physicians from two mission hospitals. One of those was an EHA hospital. That was Duncan Hospital in Roxal, Bihar, and then Lady Wellington Hospital in Himachal Pradesh. And uh, what did I find? I looked at an independent samples t-test, and I know all you don't, don't, don't yawn on me yet. Okay. Um, and... I, <laughs> All the statistics, woohoo! Uh, mean scores of nurses and physicians' attitudes toward collaboration found to have a statistically significant difference. That's very important, very important. And I goofed on this little thing I said right here. And the mean of the nurse group was significantly not higher, it was lower than the mean of the physician group. And what I told you before in the studies that have been published already, nurses have a higher. Um, positive attitude towards collaboration, but what I found in India, they have a lower positive attitude toward collaboration. So please forgive me on my slide. So these were uniquely different from any studies that were done using this tool. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Why is that? Oh, I'm fascinated. 
And so um, this is kind of a breakdown, um, but you see here that my little p-value right there. And uh, so it was statistically significant between the nurses and the physicians. And so why is that? And I got to thinking, is there some cultural stuff going on here that – um, so I have some of uh, my own theories, hypotheses rather, um, but some limitations I had, my sample size um, was, was small, um, especially I only had 16 physicians and then uh, participants only from rural remote mission hospitals in northern India. And I only had about two to three days in each hospital to collect the questionnaires. Uh, people in the West would think that that is not enough time. However, in India, because they're pretty small hospitals, the nurses just came on their break. It really wasn't. I just threw it in there for my research committee. <laughs> um, so, but what did this, what did I come to conclude? And that was that um, there really needs to be some additional research in the cultural differences of India compared to Western countries that potentially influence Indian nurses having a lower attitude towards collaboration than physicians and its impact on patient safety. And uh, future studies should include nurses and physicians from both government and private institutions in the urban setting. Because, like I said, I was pretty much in the rural remote area, um, so I'd want to expand it. So there are future studies. So if there are anybody, any takers out there who want to go to India and do another study with me, I got a mission trip for you. Um, sorry, I'm like, my little pictures didn't come out. So that was my study. And let me kind of talk a little bit. So how, did, how do I continue to do um, these short-term missions and what I'm doing in uh, promoting excellence in nursing? Um, right here, you would see my chief nursing officer. And she went to India with me in 08. You know, I was kind of like as I was back here in the States and getting ready to finish uh, my doctorate soon and um, just thinking – how do I keep this going? What do I, um, you know, how do I keep missions and getting other people interested? Because I don't want it just to be me. I want other people to get excited about what I'm doing. Well, we got a new chief nursing officer, and I said, or, and I heard that she actually had done short-term medical mission trips. Well, I didn't know her from Adam. She just came. been a few months. And so I just went, and I said, hey, can I talk to you? I heard you like mission trips. And she said, yeah, come on over. And we chatted. And so she went to India with me. Now, if you're trying to get, um, if anybody interested, go to your chief nursing officer, especially if this is something that they've done before. Um, they might be interested to do that. And so she went with me in 08, and uh, we, got to, we had a great time there. But then that inspired her um, then to say, well, why don't we bring somebody from India to us, to our hospital, and help them have the opportunity to see what our hospital's like. And so um, my dear friend, Manjula, who is right here, you can't see her, and um, she came to our hospital, and we supported her to come um, to visit, and um, she got to present about the work in India. And the next slide actually should be, but it's at the end, um, because I messed up my slides. But uh, actually, then, this last March, I was able to take our chief nursing officer, an ICU nurse, and the VP of um, pharmacy and ancillary services at my hospital. And I would probably say that they're kind of in their faith at a nominal place. But what a great opportunity to um, share um, my faith um, outside of the work setting. And especially when I went to the hospital where we were at and getting to do devotion, I was pretty clear about what my faith was when I did that. So, um, so it's, it's an exciting endeavor. And I really challenge people, like if you've gotten to go on mission trips, and like, especially like this and doing these kind of, of what I've been doing, I love non-Christians, love them, and because it's a great place to talk about um, spiritual things, especially when you're on a mission trip, and I believe that God is drawing them closer to him as a result of what I saw them uh, happen in um, our trips. So some future endeavors that um, we're actually, that I'm looking at, I've gotten in contact with these people right here, you can't see them, and it's the National Association of Indian Nurses of America. Have you ever heard of them? Me either. I just found out about them six months ago. But uh, two weeks ago, I presented at their national conference my research. How cool is that? 
And so um, I'm actually working with some of them. And I got to meet four nurses who actually trained in the same hospital that I served in in 1997. And they knew a dear friend of mine, Sister Hilda Baker, who had been a missionary in India for 50 years from the UK. And they had been trained by her. And so it was just so cool how God has been opening these doors and working out things just as I've been willing to kind of do, okay, what do you want me to do? And just things just kind of fallen, have kind of fallen into my lap. And so, but I want to tell you something that happened in um, the conference. And I have to tell you, I had, I felt like God had to kind of chastise me a little bit because I've, I had a little discontent with some of the Indian nurses that I've met that have come to the U.S. and knowing that they don't stay in contact with the people back in India and thinking, why don't they do that? What is there? You know, I I just, they've got the language. They can do so much more than what I can do. That's kind of what I thought. Well, at this conference that I was at in Houston with these nurses um, from this uh, Indian association, I had um, several come up to me after I had spoke, and they said, I would love to go to India with you. I'm like, really? Well, why don't you go yourself? I said, you could go back to the institution where you trained, and, and she said, oh, no, I can't. And I said, well, what do you want to do? She said, I'd love to go and teach CPR. I'm an instructor at my hospital. And I'm like, that's great, because a lot of hospitals, they don't have that basic training in CPR. Why don't you just go and do it? She's like, I can't do that. I could never go like you go. Not with me, as it, with just my bachelors. And, you know, as I was in India, there were many nurses that I came across that actually were working in the rural, remote, and even mission setting, or even in the other urban settings. There is that little bit of tension that they've stayed in India, slogged it out, working there, to make their ends meet, but yet their friends went abroad. And they're living the American dream. So there is some of that tension. I was like, knock me over, of course. And I was just like, oh, God, please forgive me. Because it's, they just haven't had the vehicle or the avenue to be able to go back. But I, this nurse was practically in tears and saying, I want to go. I want to help the people there. And I thought, it's just because she didn't have any way to get there. And so God is opening doors. And so those are um, some of the things that I'm looking at um, in the future. But, of course, I never want to forget um, that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. And I have to say that um, it's been a challenging journey since uh, almost 15 years ago when I first went to India. And like I said, I'm not doing what I thought I would be doing. But I have to tell you, I love what I'm doing. And I'm so excited that God has placed me where he has placed me. And just excited about future things that he might have for me. And Mother Teresa, which I, of course, I dearly love after having lived in India. And we cannot do great things. We can only do little things with great love. And I think keeping that in perspective, that whatever you do, doing it with great love and with the love and compassion of Jesus Christ, whatever you do, there are opportunities out there for nurses, especially with higher education. And I've seen that in my own life and how God has worked that out. And I be, uh, we're past our time, um, but I would be happy. Could I field some questions? Would that be okay, Angie? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so if anybody would um, have some questions for me, I, I would be happy to answer those. And But if you need to go, because it was 920, we were supposed to finish. So, yes. Maria. Yes, okay. I get your newsletters. I pray for you. <laughs> A lot of, I think, well, a lot of what we did, sitting together, bringing the nurses and physicians together actually in a meeting, because what we found out is that um, a lot of times the nurses and doctors never met together. And that was actually sitting together and almost having, like, just even on, um, like, a critical situation, like, let's just talk about this. What happened? And then you set ground rules. And these what I would call, um, I can't remember what we called them. 
uh, kind of our, our meetings that we would have during the day, usually in the morning, and say, there's no blaming. And you have to set the ground rules, and, like, we will end on a positive note, and we will say what went right, not just what went wrong. And so that was one way that the nurses actually – it took a while before they actually would speak up because that whole cultural um, idea of the hierarchy and actually speaking to the physicians and not, she's going to leave, but i got to stay, and he's going to be mad at me when she leaves. So things like that are where we started out. So that's a great question. Yes, ma'am. No, I didn't quite get there. But we changed the timing. We changed the timing because that, that was a little hard to pull that away because the issue is they don't have the money to have somebody to come in and do that, so somebody's got to do it. It's got to be done because they live on a very limited budget to run the hospital. So we actually changed the time and engaged the nurses in the actual uh, rounding. Good question. Uh-huh. Obviously, they think American nurses are pretty obnoxious. They're working in intensive care. You know, we're empowered, okay? But, you know, it, I think that whole cultural thing, I mean, if you think that what we're trying to teach them is to be obnoxious women, with the guy thing, really, then you just bring them across to American values. But it's neat how to do, basically, through Magnum, really, mm-hmm. allowed them to, to see. I mean, once you start telling people the benefits of Mm-hmm. Less mistakes, and increased case of safety, everything else. Right. Then, then you have the boundaries, like you said, and even boundaries for discussion groups and everything else. So it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the humility that we want in Christ. Right. Without that, it becomes pretty ugly. Yep, yep. So go, yay for magnet. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes. What kind of credentials do you need to teach there? Do you need to have a master's or to teach nursing, you do not, but I will tell you that the faculty in the schools, they will have a greater respect for you if you have a higher degree than what they have, and most of them have a bachelor's. And that was one thing where it was starting to come to be for me when I had my bachelor's. It's like, here, you have this position when... Not so much, really, I have to say, the nurses that I worked with, but when I went to other institutions, it's like, you have this, you only have a bachelor's. Who are you to say this to me? So it just gives you more credibility, and also it actually empowers you with a lot of knowledge as well, obviously. <laughs> Better, since you pay as much as you do. <laughs> yes? Building on that question, if you think there's a good chance, right now I'm in a place where I think I might end up being in a teaching position, but I don't know where. Like, uh-huh. It depends on where you're going because if you're never going to be able to practice without, you know, if you can't register your license, I would it'd be wasteful to go and do an MP. Now, a CNS is a little different. So, but with an MP, I just, you know, you just have to really, you know, country specific. No, they don't. They don't. Actually, India is just, the INC is just on the brink of getting ready to recognize it because EHA actually has had a program for a long time and they've been trying to work with them today, but it's not, in the most developing countries, it's not recognized. Well, it kind of depends on, like, if you if there's a real strong clinical interest, you know, the CNS or um, administration or education, I, I would suggest, depending on kind of what your, your interests are, because you've got to be passionate about what you're doing. So you've got to figure out, what do I really want to do? And what, what um, fills my tank? And so, and obviously, whatever God wants you to do, obviously. But, I mean, he's going to lead you in that direction, too. So, yeah, good. Anybody else? Indian physicians to 
Well, my experience with Emanuel Hospital Association, that's very much their ethos and um, fellowship through transformation, um, well, for transformation through caring. And that's caring for not just patients, but colleagues. And so I believe they do do that. And in fact, uh, the hospital where I did my study, the EHA hospital, the doctor there, he gets collaboration. And that's why it was so interesting to me that yet still the nurses did not view it as highly as the physicians. So there is, I, that's why I believe there's some cultural things there that the nurses still need to be empowered. And what's been exciting is to go back to him and say, you think that you're empowering and valuing them? They don't think so yet. So what within your setting, what can you do to help improve that? And maybe even get the nurses, what do you need from him? Or what do you need the other physicians? So I would say EHA is. I don't know about other organizations in India, to tell you the truth. But that's the one I know about. So, yep. All right, thank you. If I'll be up here for a few minutes. And thank you all for coming. Uh-huh. And it's like everything that you were saying was based, and, you know, they said, um, you know, about me a lot, that 